You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. And we are back, guys. Episode 101. How crazy is that? Yeah, I can't believe that I'm still alive. <laughs> I I came to that conclusion about myself about a decade ago, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cocaine yeah. is a hell of a drug. Cocaine is... is Not that I would know or anything. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> what? So we're going to be talking what? about... We're going to be talking about Halloween tonight, but first, first we need to get into our wonderful, wonderful sponsors. Yes. Uh, yeah. We're lucky. We have sponsors. Let the filet we, begin. We, we don't, I think we might actually be impressive that we have sponsors. Yeah, I'm impressed. I'm self-impressed. I yeah. will not bow yeah. to any sponsor. <laughs> you will bow to the sponsor, sir. You will. You will. So first up, uh, the Flint Institute of Arts, they actually just re-upped with us for another year. Woo. So you're going to be hearing about the FIA. A lot. A lot. Um, <laughs> also check out uh, their ads on uh, NPR. They've got a lot of really cool stuff on NPR right now. So um, if you got a chance, get up to Flint, check out the Flint Institute of Arts. They've got their film series going on again right now. Their museum is absolutely amazing. I it went up there ridiculous. a few months ago. It's really, really cool. I love how often they cycle through exhibits up there. Yeah, it's they've always really got cool. something new going yeah. on. Um, and it's mostly local, which makes it even cooler. Yeah, yeah. And they got some really sexy stuff in there, too. They do. Which I like a lot. It's like a pure like romance party in your mouth. Oh. <laughs> Other sponsor, we got to mention projectorscreen.com. Got to mention them. Yeah, um, really cool site there, too. They sell a lot of home theater stuff. Uh a lot of really unique home theater stuff. Love those guys. Really I, good guys. I will be going to them soon. Yes. yes. Oh, that's right, because you're rebuilding your basement soon. We are, and I am putting Excellente. in a full theater. And then um, Cellarman's. We Cellarman's. cannot forget about Cellarman's. And don't forget tomorrow night, Halloween, Cellarman's is having a giant rager. A uh, rager. A rager. See, I'm going back to the 90s on that one. Rage it up, rage it up. Ragers, guys. Good things are coming. Yeah, good things. Good things. Good things are coming. All over your face. Everywhere I'm coming. Brought to you by Kellerman. In the locker room I'm coming. Blake is here tonight. I can already tell. Did you miss me? I can already tell. Great. Now I want to watch Grandma's Boy. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So one thing I definitely want to mention, make sure you get on the moviesleuth.com. We've been publishing a horror review every day this month for 31 days of hell hashtag 31 days of hell you'll find all of our reviews on facebook yep. make sure to check that out this year we really followed through with it we did it was actually impressive and yeah. most of it i'm gonna have to say thanks to michelle yes thank she, you michelle she was on it with getting stuff all organized and ready to launch for every day and yeah 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 she yeah. was on the ball so in uh, in news this week, we actually just did a write-up on this. Trevor wrote this up earlier today. Yep. They are actually going to make a Call of Duty movie that's going to start filming potentially in 2019. Now, the part that drives me crazy about it, like, if you, when it, Call it you guys need to read our article. <laughs> Call it duty. Call you guys duty. need to read our article. Um, they're talking about it being like a Marvel Universe series. Because they have so many different genres of shooters in their franchise that they've decided that they're going to touch them all 
and connect them into one big universe. Gotta touch them all. Gotta touch them all. Which leads me to the announcement of the porno spinoff, Call of Booty. Yes. <laughs> That's the one that I'll be looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's already been a porno. I'm pretty sure there's already been at least a, a yeah. straight and a gay porno. Yeah. I'm sure, sure would, there's I'm Call sure of was, Duty Black Ops. I, 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 I I'm, I'm that pretty one. sure it was like Call of Duty <laughs> Call Locked of Duty, and Cocked. Call of Duty Blops. <laughs> locked and Cocked and Two Smoking Barrels. <laughs> Yep. Hi, Blake. <laughs> you all um, missed me, and you know it. Anna Duvernay is yeah, producing. back. <laughs> Anna Duvernay is producing a Prince documentary series for Netflix. Woo-hoo. That I'm actually really down for. I, yeah, I'm, I am really excited for that. Me too. But then I am a massive fan of the purple ones. So. Same. Same. I think we all are. Yeah, I think we really all are. How it's many times have we listened to Prince over here? Uh, like. Almost every time I come yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. how many never Prince records have I given you? You've never played music while I've been over. We've just watched movies. Well, we we haven't had a party though, so we need to have a party soon. We do. We got to have a party. Soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, in other news, Andy Muschietti that directed it, it is going to be directing an Attack of Titan domestic release. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote that one yesterday. Yeah. 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 And I was uh, less than excited while writing it. <laughs> and let me tell you, I, I the news came across to me and I'm like, oh, who cares? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Attack of Titan on Titan is uh, yesterday's news. Who cares? Yeah. You know, they're going to milk it for everything they can, just like everything else in life. Yeah. So now, now, now we'll get another three movies that'll suck. You yeah. know? Or it'll yeah. just get universally rejected like Death Note did. Yeah. It'll, or or worse, or worse, it, it could be the next Dragon Ball Z live, you know. Dragon Ball Evolution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that Monstrosity. Master, masterpiece of modern filmmaking. <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um... Other really cool news we reported yesterday, soundtrack. There is oh. a vinyl release coming out of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. That, They're going to finally release the soundtrack. That is my favorite Christmas special. Yeah, a lot of us love that. And so, it, it was funny when I shared it, I actually had to tag my mom in it. I'm like, oh my God, mom, this is one of me. My mom bought me a copy of it on blue on DVD like yeah. four or five years ago. It's kind. Of, it was our thing when I was growing up. So, it's pretty popular. It it should. It's be. got kind of like a cult thing going. It should for be. It. It's it, the music and it's amazing, and the story is awesome. So I mean, what's not to love? So, last bit of news for this week: Halloween, which we're going to be talking about tonight. Yes. Halloween 2018 made another thirty-two point five million dollars. Highest grossing. Standing. October movie. It's the highest grossing October release of all time. Yep. Yep. I'm cool with that. Yeah, it, I think it, it's it totally cool. deserves no it. It totally deserves it. Love the movie. We love horror here. Yep. We've made yeah. that known forever. We all love horror in some way or fashion. Make sure you and, say it uh, right. Horror. Yeah, because you don't want to offend anybody. Yes. We horror. all love horror around here. Oh, wait. Wait. wait what? We, we, hey, hey. On occasions, we love horrors. We do, yes. On occasion. <laughs> horror movies with horrors. Yes. Oh, that's the best kind. Yes. It is. Not horror, in a Jordan horror. Belfort kind of way. Oh, <laughs> in, uh... It's not the Abel Ferrara kind of way. <laughs> in new releases this week, we've got Bohemian Rhapsody, which I reviewed last week. 
go in with very, very tempered expectations. Uh, Rami Malek is great as Freddie Mercury. The movie itself is every other biopic you've ever seen. They were not allowed to do a deep dig. The movie's too short. There's not enough music. And the pre, the members of Queen, Brian May, Roger Taylor, would not let them use the R-rated script they initially had written. So the movie suffers. Yeah. Freddie Mercury lived an R-rated life. He, he, he yeah. yeah. And from what I'm, what I'm, like, the big complaint I'm hearing is that it's a lot of sh- a slut shaming. Like, make, like, almost getting down on Freddie Mercury for having sex. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Come on. It's not really slut shaming what I saw in it. It just made him out to look like the villain. That's you how know, sad is that? Yeah. yeah. The dude's freaking dead. Yeah. I know it was a bit of a troubled production with uh Brian <laughs> no. Singer uh, leaving yeah. the project. Everybody yeah. left that project. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wanted to work with with the remaining members of Queen. And they then, were queens. <laughs> the other new release this week is Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Actually I really want to see that. I love the story. My friend Nate, there was a screening tonight. For some reason, I was not made aware of this one. My friend Nate said it's very bad. Really? Yeah, he was there. So, oh. Yep. So, um, suggested <laughs> viewings. I'm going to start. Yeah. I'm going to actually take the one Scott said last week because I actually just binge watched this over the weekend. Making a Murderer Season 2 is fabulous. It is. It's absolutely it really, fabulous. The way that story changes and all the things that happened in this second season, I know it's real life. It's literally like something out of a movie. Yeah. Everything that goes on. So if you've not seen Making a Murderer Season 2, check it out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, one that I reviewed for 30, 31 Days of Hell, which was Quatermass in the Pit, which pretty much... Uh, if it hadn't been made, there wouldn't be a life force. There wouldn't be Prince of Darkness. There wouldn't be the Void. And all those films really draw heavily from it. And plus, it being Halloween, you know, you can't go wrong with a good Hammer horror film. You, well, yeah, oh, yeah. I watched The Vampire Lovers the other night. Did you? Fabulous. Good stuff. Good I, stuff. I keep telling you, the Hammer stuff is great. Yeah, yeah. I got oh, that yeah. Blu-ray a while ago, and I watched it. Yeah. Hammer, great Hammer movies were yeah so far yeah. ahead of their time it's not even funny absolutely mm-hmm. yeah i just picked up an eight disc hammer set for oh. best buy if it's like 25 bucks eight oh. hammer movies you can't go wrong no. No. no as long as it has horror of dracula that's like horror of dracula i already own oh, okay so i was gonna say that's that like one. the peak one for me oh it's like curse of the werewolf a lot of the different ones with oh, okay. oliver reed and oh, oh, all those you know. oliver reed is the werewolf right yes. yeah yeah oliver reed at, at his height of drunkenness was there? A, I don't know. I think he. Was I don't kind think there was still, a low point. He was still kind was, of striving to attain that when he died. Probably. I'd say uh, uh, "Hired to Kill" is the height of his drunkenness, only because he. Uh, the story has it that there was a big action sequence at the end of the movie and yeah, uh, yeah, that's helicopter. Right, that's right. And he just starts. He just took his dick out and started pissing all over the ground. <laughs> <laughs> All the cameras are rolling. That sounds like a perfectly sober occurrence to me. I don't know what the hell. That's you're what I do about. on Wednesdays. So I don't know. I it's don't just know. Just an what... average Wednesday for Trevor. That's right. Wednesday. <laughs> if it's you guys tomorrow's get... Wednesday and Halloween, so kids beware. Just don't go by it, Trevor's it, house. If you get lucky, it might be on a Tuesday this week. <laughs> you want candy? Whips. <laughs> you want an action scene? I got your action scene. You want some candy? I've got some action for you. <laughs> your turn, man. You like a lollipop. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar, boy. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I went there. Ah, oh, too far. 
Um, <laughs> strange. I mean, I don't get out as much as I would like to, but uh, shows. today I took my, my son to go and see Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween. I had a blast going to see that. The Very high-spirited. You know, to take your kids to go and see it. It's, it's a really fun time. As far as... Like the overall feel and design of it, it's very good. A lot of energy and some really cool uh, inspired creature design in it as well. I was actually surprised to find. Do you need to see the first one to see it, or is it? No, the own? first no. one is worth seeing. The first one it is really worth is. seeing. They do kind of you know throw back a little bit of exposition to explain what happened in the first one, but you can go into this one cold and it's not really going to hurt you. I need to do a Fear Street movie, or do you think it's? Way too late. I I guess we'll see if this Goosebumps movie makes money. I'm not sure how well it's doing. The first one did really, really well. Yeah. So it had the TV series to back it up. I mean, it already had a pretty strong. And they really, they really dipped into it for the for the first movie. Um, I'm going to go Sabrina, the the new the new series on Netflix. Mm. I've heard good things. So so good. It is nothing you would expect from it. Nothing. Like, we all have the Sabrina the Happy Teenage Witch. The Melissa Joan Hart one, right? Or yeah. even the one before. There there was there was the, another one? Yeah. The, the Melissa Joan Hart was a remake. Yeah. Hmm. This um, year. Yep. And uh, this is the third time they've done it. This one is going back to the 70s. They actually did it. Uh, is it 70s? I think it's the 70s. They actually did a Chilling Tales of, of Sabrina. And it was the the comic was very uh, creep show. It was anthology horror series that Sabrina was the host of, and this one takes the the seriousness of the horror from that comic and and puts it in a Sabrina story. And I mean, you get full on devil worshiping. You get witches making dark pacts with Satan. Like all of that is in there. And really good acting. Really good acting. Um, so, yeah, can't recommend it enough. I've heard really, really good things about the show. Yeah, it's it, it's a blast. It's an absolute blast. Like, the first six episodes go by, and you're like, oh, crap. I have things to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear, because Netflix has been so focused on just pumping out a wide variety, just a plethora mm-hmm. of content, that... The content itself, kind of overall, is starting to suffer lately. We're, we're starting it, to see a lot of subpar so, Netflix content so coming out. This Friday, um, they're putting out that uh, 40 years in the making Orson Welles film, yes. The Other Side of the Wind. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, and I've heard that uh, Garrett, Gareth Hugh Evans has a, a film on there that's really worth watching. Paul Greengrass just uh, released a Netflix film called uh, J- July 22nd about yeah. the Norway terror attacks in 2011. I've heard mm-hmm. that's really good and yeah, worth watching. Yeah, my no, buddy Max really cool, really good. The, the, the stuff that I'm really getting into on Netflix is actually the stuff that they're using their service to import mm. where they're getting other countries programs and stuff and bring it here for us to, to see for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's really good. Some really good stuff coming up. All right. So we're talking about the Halloween series tonight. Yeah. And we, so we do want to focus a lot on the original and how the new one ties in. And we're going to kind of touch on the entire franchise, yeah, I was going to say, how do you want to handle this? Because we have a series with, well, if you're just talking about the original series and not the Rob Zombie remakes, you're talking about three timelines. Yeah. And then you're talking about the Rob Zombie films on top of it, so you're technically a four. Yep. 
<laughs> it's crazy. I mean, so do you want to break it up? Like we can just go like back to the beginning and talk about the Thorn timeline, like everything that includes up to six, except for three. Of yeah, course. we can do that. That's fine. Let's start off at the top. All right, All right. let's start off at the top with the masterpiece. The yeah, masterpiece. What can you even say about it? Well, what, like, what has what have yeah, what we has all, not been said? What exactly. haven't we already said on the podcast about it? A lot because we've really never dug deep into this. Um, I think the first Halloween. I watched it again in preparation for Halloween 2018. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because there's not a lot to the movie. No, it's a it's... very streamlined, simple movie. It gets to the point. It gets to the kills. And it establishes him, obviously, as the shape. Yep. But it kind of started the whole slasher trend of the 80s. This was kind of the originator, even though there were slasher movies before this. There were. This is the one that kind of defined and started the Jasons and the Freddies and yeah. all of that. This, this is, is the one... masked killer going after teenagers, having sex, smoking pot, and drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is the, an- the, the the commercial answer to Toby Hooper. Yeah. It also, a lot of horror films. It wasn't very commercial. It was totally independent. But well, it still made more to be, it made more money, to, yeah, to be played but... in, in theaters where Toby, where Texas Chainsaw really isn't well one thing that you see with texas chainsaw and many other horror films up to that time even science fiction horror films is the characters have to go a great distance to find the villain or the silent killer per se and in halloween he lives right next door to the main characters so it's or in the beginning he actually is in the house Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the proximity with which michael myers is nearby i think there's something that people hadn't seen before the idea that the the norman bates character could live next door to you yeah the, the idea yeah. of of terror evil you know just a sick twisted murderer coming to you where you're supposed to feel safe mhm it's not uh you know that's better way out in you know like you know texas bumblefuck in the middle of you know wherever with a whole bunch of like human remains furniture <laughs> it was the film that put John Carpenter on the map and made him uh, uh, known as one of the top-tier horror film directors of the 1980s. Deserved oh, yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think before this, it was Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them are musicians. I mean, John Carpenter, yeah. the that opening cue of... Oof. I mean, one of the best scores of all time, I think we the can The Halloween score? On. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You hear that and you instantly know. You know. Like, the music? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not just iconic as a theme, but also it, it really puts you in the mood. Yeah. You know, you know it, it, it something's you know coming. Something's off that 5-4 time of the score. Yeah. Just it, it always sounds a little off to the ear, and it puts yeah. you at unease. And it's wonderful. Was there any other horror film up to that point that used electronic music? quite the way that film did before i mean not that i can think of off the top of my head i mean we look at so many films now even most recently it follows and how much that electronic synthetic score is being repurposed or reused in films today yeah i mean the the wonderful thing about that synthetic scores that that carpenter realized is the dehumanization of it Mm -hmm. where it has that that and it works in so many different genres that, mm-hmm. but I mean, he, he kind of his life's goal was to focus on the dehumanization of people, mm-hmm. and 
His music is perfect for it. Well, it's funny is when I was kind of rewatching some of these last week, prepping prepping for this, I didn't get to watch all of them again, but I did get through it's like one through four. Through. Yeah. Um, I made it one through five. It's kind of crazy how the music changes every movie. It becomes like more like 80s, like synth rock as it goes. And there's like guitars and shit mixed in with it too. Except mm-hmm. for three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Is all yeah. synth. Yeah. Which is Jar- John Carpenter synth too. Yeah. Well, because John Carpenter did the music for three. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. eventually, I think for two and three, he teamed up with Alan Howarth, and then after three, uh, originally he was going to be a part of the process of making four. He wrote a script with uh, Dan Etchison, I believe, was the screenwriter's mm-hmm. name. But uh, Mustafa Cut thought it was too cerebral and threw it out. <laughs> and so they hired the guy who would later write Spawn to come in and write a script in 11 days, essentially using the original as a blueprint. Ooh, and, Spawn. Yeah, and then Alan Howarth, was he scored all of the, the, the Thorn trilogy, <laughs> 4, 5, and 6. And his music is really one of the high points of those three movies. He, he, he yeah, makes it's it almost all kinds the of only craziness. It's almost the only high point of those three movies. I think four is still of the the Thorn timeline is still the best of the sequels. Halloween two, it gets a lot of love for reasons that I don't really understand. Because the kills are spectacular. The, the kills are good. The cinematography <laughs> is good. The music is great. But it is full of plot holes, and oh, you can and, you and, can tell that John Carpenter just did not give a shit. And he had nothing <laughs> to do with the screenplay. Oh, he you, wrote it. Supposedly. He wrote it, but he was he was drunk off his ass on Budweiser the entire time. You could just ask him. <laughs> yeah. He was drunk in the middle of the night when well, he came up with thing, that whole brother-sister thing. I was going to say, because my whole thing is that he hated that. He did. That's, all along. That's one of the reasons why the 2018 timeline completely wipes all that out and starts fresh. It's because mm-hmm. I think it was pressure from from producers. What was the, uh, the brother-sister angle? Yeah. Yeah. Well. To, to give a motivation. Just felt like a repeat of the first film with half the inspiration. Oh, yeah, and, at most. And a bigger budget, but... Yeah, <clears throat> although not big and enough to have actual patients in the damn hospital. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you got right. like a kid who bit into the glass cookie, and then Dr. Mixter, the drunk-ass surgeon, and then a, a couple of nurses. Well, I mean, the new one was made on only $10 million. Yeah. Which yep. is crazy. It looks uh, for, great. For today's, well, for today's nice standard, it was shot very quickly, too. The nice part mm-hmm. is that a lot of the equipment is cheap now. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, it's not hard to get good cameras. Mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> Blake knows about that. I have a wonderful camera, and I spent two grand on it. Woo-hoo. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's insane. Hmm. So, why do we think... I mean, what was it about Halloween that was so important, do we think? I really it, think it, it taps into that elemental fear of... Mm-hmm. An indistinct evil, lacking all any and all motivation except other than to wreak havoc, coming to where you live, where you feel safe, and finding you. It's mm-hmm. Jaws as a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the alien as a human, for that It's matter. in his nature, but mm-hmm. we don't know what his nature is, and that's what makes him so scary. Mm-hmm. It, well, he's like, just, he's a force of nature. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's evil. He's just there to kill. He just... Pure evil. Loomis had it right. And the less you know, the more mystery there is about it, the the more frightening it is. Exactly. That's one of the reasons why the whole brother-sister angle just kind of killed it for me, and I think for a lot of people, is that in, in the opening sequence of the original movie, you see him walk upstairs as a young child, and you see his sister there brushing her hair, singing a song. And then 15 years later, he sees the back of Laurie Strode walking away, and she's singing a song. And that's all he needs. He's like, okay. You're next. 
Like, that's yeah. a lot scarier than oh I, I somehow know that this is my yeah. sister mm-hmm. and then there's those inexplicable flashbacks in the second movie where she somehow remembers going to visit him and yeah. the mental, that that's that that, that, that's way too much that that just doesn't work yeah yeah like all of a sudden now she's like oh i met him when i was a kid oh uh, now i remember yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just it just doesn't work no. Um, remember, one remember. one worked partially because it was creating something that nobody had seen before. It was creating a killer that, like he, like like Dave said, that that lives amongst you. Mm-hmm. That Blake. 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 Yeah, Blake, yeah. Exactly. I, live I thought you said you. Dave. <laughs> Dave. I no, I said Dave. Dave. Thomas founder. Oh, of Wendy. got you, got I'm you. Sorry, Dave. Dave. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm afraid sorry. I can't do that. <laughs> All right, what Travis. Doing, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I, great. We got Hal at the end, Dave, and and Travis. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be whoever you want me to be. I'm going to be Mr. Herbert. Hey, how you doing? Oh, Get your hi, fat Herbert. ass over You don't here. mind talking about it, do you, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, moving on to Halloween 2. Yeah. The brother sister thing, yeah. I think we've all made that clear that that's fucking stupid. It, it doesn't work. And then what? What pisses me off is then that becomes inspiration for the rest of the fucking movies. Yeah, from four through six. That's yeah. that, well, actually not even you know four through six, and the, it, it carries over into twenty years later in Resurrection. That yeah. whole idea, and I'm so glad that they decided to get rid of that. Yeah. I mean, not that it didn't give us good movies. I still think four is a really strong entry, despite the fact that it's completely derivative. It's just like the original movie. It's really atmospheric and suspenseful. It was well done. Yeah. If it's really, if it's really well done, you can forgive a lot of, you know, other stuff. It's got a very unique opening compared to the, uh, the other Halloween films. True. Yeah. Yeah. The Alan Howarth music and just the, the, uh, you know, at, the sunset with Halloween decorations on the farm. It's just, it's a really mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a nice way to put you in that Halloween mood, mm-hmm. even without the theme. And see, that's what Carpenter kind of did, like with the first one, like, and even with the new one, mm-hmm. like you really feel like, oh, it's October. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know that it's that time of year. You yeah. know that what's happening. Yep. And that is one thing that I will give Halloween three, which is the outlier, and we can't do the, do a podcast without talking about Halloween three. Of all of the Halloween movies, it's the most Halloween. Like, the, of the actual season, it really kind of have puts you in the mood. Halloween, Halloween, Do not start. Halloween, have a Please. Halloween. I kill you. Silver Shamrock. I kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Stop um, it. Stop it. Stop it. Exactly. I, see, see I, I, did, I did some reading up on uh. three that makes me wish that we could have gotten the original concepts for it. The one, the Nigel Neal script. Uh-huh. Yeah. But were, you, you know that what the what there was no there wasn't supposed to be any end credit music, right? Mm-hmm. That oh, it was really? supposed to be the screams of millions of children dying. It was yep. supposed to be how was supposed to be what was played over the credits. That would have been it, amazing. Instead of been, instead of music, that would have been very um, ballsy. It would have been. I can't imagine been. why a major studio didn't want to put out a film with that as its ending. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I, personally, uh, as far as three goes, I love three. I think it's cheesy, but it's fun. It's a good 80s horror movie. 
In fact, it's better than a lot of the 80s horror movies. It's better than a lot of the, the uh, actual Halloween sequels that involve Michael it is. Myers. It is. And I love that it's directed by, basically by family uh, for, oh, for Tommy Lee Wallace, yeah. Yeah. And he, because uh, he was the one who had originally made the mask. I mean, like, he didn't make the William Shatner mask that we would all no, to but know and love. No, but he turned it in. But he's the out. one, yeah, he's the one who brought it and yeah. turned it into what would become an icon. Yeah. Uh, thing that was interesting about Halloween three was how they were going to briefly try and make it like a night gallery series or a Twilight Zone yeah. sort of episodic I, I, I series. Think that, I think that that might have actually been preferable to most of the movies we got after four. And honestly, <laughs> I think that would have worked if had they just called the movie Season of the Witch instead of Halloween three. Well, the problem is the George Romero film with the same name years prior. Fuck that, that movie. That boring dud that we watched. <laughs> there's actually there's actually four Season of the Witch movies. Just oh really? yeah, wasn't there one with like Nick Cage or something? Or there there is right, a Nick Cage right, one right, now. Yeah. but then but before that there was two other ones before. This before this one came out. At so. this point, if there's a movie with a title, there's probably some direct-to-video knockoff with the same title starring Nick Cage. Oh yeah, no, Season of the Witch was like some like with, there was one with Nick Cage where it was like some like sword play. Yeah, movie. like a sword and sorcery. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it sword actually, fighting. It was terrible, but I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Nick Cage wants to have a sword fight. Ooh. In, in the bathroom. You mentioned... Uh, Don't cross the streams. Nigel, <laughs> you mentioned Nigel Neal earlier as the original screenwriter. He was the guy who created the Quatermass series, which, yeah. uh, which when Carpenter was writing Prince of Darkness, he credited it to Martin Quatermass as a subtle nod to that whole series. Well, what I love is that much like the original um, screenplay for 4 was turned down because it was too cerebral, so was Nigel's. Mm-hmm. Which is and, a shame. And so they took it and butchered it and then butchered it some more. Um, John Carpenter actually did the first rewrite. Mm-hmm. And then, I can't remember his name now, the direct the guy who ended Tommy up. Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee Wallace ended up doing the final draft of it. And um, I guess Carpenter was kind of pissed, like, what was wrong with my script? Why did you have to rewrite it? Mm-hmm. And, uh Yeah. I mean, it would have been kind of cool if they did go the anthology route with the entire thing after Halloween 3, because then we wouldn't have gotten the H20, (laughs) and they could have literally waited 40 years and done another sequel, and it would have been really fucking cool. That would have been amazing. But the problem was that it it lost so much money. Yeah, it bombed. And did so poor with the critics Mm -hmm. that they just... I mean, they were so worried about it that they put Halloween in Halloween. Yeah, you know, and, and that's I mean, a cardinal rule. You never put a better movie <laughs> in the movie you're making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what we're talking about, right? When he's in the bar, and, yeah. he, and all of a sudden you hear the theme music to right. the original, and then they're talking about it being on TV that night. Completely mm-hmm. takes you out of it, too. It mm-hmm. totally removes you from the movie. And it's a very tonally confused movie in general. It's more of a send-up of James Bond movies than it is oh, it really like is. a Halloween movie. you think about mm-hmm. it. It really is. Because like, you got a dude. you, you got know, a weird it, Irish dude with a world-destroying plot. Yeah, you got the hesitant hero who gets involved in this plot for global takeover, you know, with this corporatist, you know, Jagoff, yep. you know, played by Dan O'Hurley. He Who gets involved great. with the dead dude's daughter, starts banging her, and then the next thing you know, <laughs> the villain is walking him through his lair and explaining every step of his plan. Oh, yeah. like, like, this d- is a Bond movie. Like, down to the, <laughs> look, we, you have no 
idea how hard it was to steal this blue stone from Stonehenge. Yeah, that didn't particularly make sense that they were able to secretly smuggle Yeah, good luck sneaking that into your fucking carry-on. But but I was able to overlook it and still be entertained by it. Oh, it's entertaining as hell. I love the movie. I love the kid dying and snakes and bugs coming out of his head. That was one thing that was very different about this Halloween was how... More, much more focused. It was less focused on scares and more focused on gross out, and gross out body horror, which and worked. scary and scary story, like scary concept. Mm-hmm. Like I think that was the most important part of the movie is that the concept is freaking terrifying. When yeah. they were marketing this movie, though, did they? I mean, people had to know Michael Myers is not in this movie. No, they didn't. No, they they had no idea. It wasn't. It, it. What was really funny is that like a week. Before the movie came out, uh, Don Post Studios put out the masks in stores. I, rem- uh, I think I remember that Sh- when I was Shamrock a kid. Mask. Yeah. And that was all we freaking knew about the movie before it came out. Was that, oh, look, there's a skull, a witch, and a pumpkin mask. Mm-hmm. And it has something to do with the new Halloween movie, and Don Post made the masks. Cool. And by the way, uh, referring again to the new 2018 film, very nice touch putting the silver shamrock masks in there. Yeah, that, that that got a lot of you know, knowing giggles in the audience at both of the screenings yep. that I went to. Yeah, well, I only got to see the one, but yeah, yeah, a bunch of us in the theater like <laughs> we could just skip over five. Um. <laughs> well, four four was the first movie with Daniel with Daniel Harris. Harris. I, I love four. Daniel Harris is a big part of why I love four. I think it's Daniel Harris, one of the best child performances of the genre. In horror, period, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's up there well, with Linda Blair. I mean, it's obviously not going to get nominated for an Oscar, but it's a really good performance. Yeah, like, yeah. Danny, Danny Lloyd. Danny, no, Daniel Harris, not Danny Lloyd. No, we were talking about other uh, child <laughs> actors in horror Oh, films. yeah, yeah, and the, the Shining, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. An honorable and the little And the little boy, I can't remember his name now, from The Omen. Damien. Damien. Oh yeah, not Damien the actor, you jackass! <laughs> his name you guys is are Damien. breaking out all the actors. No, names. his real name is I Damien. <laughs> son of a bitch! He's the smartest Satan. Really? Yeah. The devil is that how that you. worked? I missed. I missed <laughs> that plot point in the movie. <laughs> you can only cast people that have those names in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. I mean, Daniel. First of all, Daniel Harris is smoking. Now she still is. I actually, I back in April, the day after my birthday, I met her in person at Motor City Nightmares. Uh, nice over in Novi, and she, I could tell that she was just kind of done with the day, but she was still very sweet. You know, she she wasn't cold to me or anything. I got a picture of her somewhere with me, but I bet you do. Yeah, she. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Hatchet Three, but oh, um, hey, hey, but she continues to do like the. She's still like a horror chick. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's mainly ho- what she does. Still, a she's in the Rob Zombie ho- Halloween. Yeah, God. that was one bit of, of casting that everybody was on board with. <laughs> I thought that was like, great. No, nobody complained about Malcolm McDowell as Loomis, and no one complained about bringing back Danielle Harris. Did anybody complain about? Wasn't it Tyler Maine that took over for? No one really complained about him either. Everybody just wondered why Michael Myers suddenly had to be a seven foot tall behemoth in order to scare people, and why he needed Rob Zombie hair. Why he uh, the the real like question Rob is Zombie. why yeah. Rob Zombie has to pre- mentally project himself onto half of his fucking characters. Yeah. In every movie he's done. Every movie, there's got to be a Manson poster on the wall. This person needs dreadlock. This person needs a beard. And I got to look at my wife's ass. 
and I'm going to pay somebody to photograph it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Sherry Moon fan. Nobody's a fan of Sherry's Moon, though. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Rob, if you're listening, kill them, not me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, four was great. Five, <laughs> it, it sets up the, you know like a plot and then completely abandons it. After I know. Like five minutes, and then it's just back to the status quo, and you have nothing but annoying characters who prank each other. And then this wide-open, completely inexplicable twist ending that took six years for somebody to figure out, and then it was... Arguably one of the most interesting failures of any franchise ever. Halloween 6. That's the dog. So the we're dog's going to bed. Hi, dog. Hi, dog. I hear you up Night there. and get you a milk bone. <laughs> so we've kind of overlooked Donald Pleasance's involvement in the series. I mean, he was a great character actor throughout the 70s, occasional Bond villain, but he really came into his own with, Dr. Loomis, I mean, he made... Oh, see, I, I would say that, that it was a step down for him. Really? Personally. Personally, like, Great Escape, I still think is the best he ever did in a movie. Well, Mine would be Wake and Fright, but that's just me. Yeah, I like Wake oh and Fright. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> it was a complete career renaissance for him. I, I know yeah. originally yeah, they I also... I know where you're coming from with it, because yeah. this was like... He was kind of like His in the spotlight, out of the spotlight, of... and then, like, he was thrust back into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, was, he was kind of... Out. Yeah, I can agree with that. Entirely. And then I guess they also offered the role to Christopher Lee, who turned it down, and then later admitted that that was one of the biggest mistakes he ever made in his life. Can you, because can you imagine gave a Christopher, huge Lee, Christopher Lee in a Halloween film? That would have been amazing. That would have been cool. I yeah. mean, I would have liked to have seen, you know, or you know, just screen test footage would have been. But, cool. but you know what's yeah. funny though? You know what I can't see? Christopher Lee being scared of Michael Myers. Yeah. I think Michael Myers would be scared of Christopher <laughs> Lee. Right? Yeah. He, all he's going to do is show his vampire fangs and watch Michael Myers circle yeah. or, or he can just stand around and be freaking Saruman and still be scary like what the hell yeah <laughs> like what are you gonna do because Dracula fucking owns the place right <laughs> <laughs> or Count Dooku oh fuck that shit <laughs> <laughs> how about Scaramanga what? what the man with the golden gun oh oh yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ I'm sorry fucking heathens yeah I know I know. Fucking heathen. Philistines. Yeah, we're all Philistines. So I've, <laughs> so I've never seen the theatrical cut of part six. I've only seen the producer's cut. The producer's cut is better. A but the, the, there's a couple of caveats here. The theatrical cut is a mess from start to finish. And it watching it, you feel like the person who edited it was deliberately trying to antagonize epileptics. And then, <laughs> And then I mean, it's edited like an Uwe Boll film. Yeah, but there are <coughs> a couple of things about the theatrical cut that are better. One is uh, uh, asshole dad who, for some reason, like uh, oh, by the way, yeah, the, the Lori, the uh, the new Strodes her names are John and Deborah. Nice nod there, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, when, when John Strode's head explodes in the theatrical cut, in that's nobody, not in the in, producer's in case cut. Nobody knows what the not the he, he's talking about. John, John Carpenter, Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Hill. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when his do head you get explodes, it? do you get it? That's better, but but then you have a movie that's really heavy on atmosphere, really heavy on dread. I mean, Joe Chappelle is a really kind of crap director. Also made Phantoms, but the Prince <laughs> Affleck, <laughs> show, yeah, Affleck, Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. I know. Yo. Yeah, but it shows that he can do really well with mood and atmosphere. But he he found Donald Pleasance boring. That was. 
that that needs a punch in the face. That deserves <laughs> one, definitely. Yeah. That's so in the theatrical cut is very light on Loomis, very light on suspense, very light on coherence. Yeah. Producer's cut is heavier on all of those things, but then you get an ending that just makes you go, really? <laughs> because Michael Myers, the epitome of all evil, gets stopped by a bunch of runes on the floor. <laughs> and, th- and that's it how it ends. It works on Supernatural. You work on Supernatural. <laughs> uh, I, I would. I, I so I would rather watch the. <laughs> I've never seen that show. I would either. rather watch the producers cut, but I would love to like you know go in and actually. I don't know if I've ever seen take those moments cut. that I like and put it into the. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen the producers cut of six. I own it. I'll let you borrow it. Cool. Um, Isn't it in the box set? Yes, of course. It's not in the Scream Factory one. Uh, you can buy it now on its own if you go on Amazon. Okay. Because I have the Scream Factory. Yeah, the big box ten disc yeah. set. Yeah. That thing is expensive now. I know. I paid twenty bucks for it. Yeah, I paid like fifty bucks for it. And it's like two fifty on eBay now. Really? Oh, wow, yeah, really? but I'm not. I'm not selling it. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm fucking. No. There's some things you just don't sell. There's Halloween. a bunch of them getting standalone 4K remasters now, like two and three. So I'm kind of buying oh, them piecemeal. Scream is putting out, putting them all out with like new transfers and steel books. Like yep. you dicks. <laughs> they just double and triple dip that shit. Yeah, they they are. Don't and be Chris George. <laughs> if Shout Factory was a penis, it would have super herpigonosyphilates <laughs> by now. Yeah. I, I only had a DVD of Part Three up to that point, so I was fine with getting the steel book of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've had that box set since about a year after it came out. I I went into Best Buy and they had it for like I guess I like twenty twenty five bucks, and I was like. I can't fucking turn down all of all of them, including the Rob Zombies, for freaking yeah. twenty five bucks. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> should we I'm, get I'm to? A, I'm a weirdo. When oh it comes no, it's to all this. good. Sh- should we move on to the retcon now? Because six was such a failure, they had to reboot everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They, like, they completely the... wiped out three through six, and then gave us twenty years later. I refuse to call it H two O because that's fucking water. That's not a movie. Yeah, yeah. high quality H two O. High quality H two O. Water it would have been a better sucks. movie if the water boy was. You the guys are on fire tonight. <laughs> water sucks. It really, really <laughs> sucks. <laughs> uh, even uh, from what I know, Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't a big fan of it. I think it's a fun movie. I love why she wanted to do it. I do too. And that she's like, cool. Let's kill Michael and end the series. Isn't Joseph Gordon-Levitt in that movie too? Yes. Yeah, briefly. And he shows up wearing a hockey mask, and the director made Friday the Thirteenth Part Two and Three, so it's a nice little, uh, little nod. Easter egg little for nod. you guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess they I had worked together movies. before on a drama, uh, Forever Young, with Mel Gibson. Oh yeah, that was a good movie. Was in that too. Yeah, Steve Miner directed that too. Yeah, that was a good movie. So was Halloween twenty years later. Was this the first time that? Somebody attempted to retcon something? No. No. No? No. Uh, Even though it wasn't on purpose, I would say Highlander 2 was kind of a retcon. Highlander 2 was. Before that. Well, Highlander 2 was a retcon, and Highlander 3 was was a retcon retcon of 2. And then 4 was another retcon. Yeah. I think every sequel in the Highlander theories is a retcon. (laughs) (laughs) Let's reinvent the series. They they kept (laughs) trying to fix it up with a renegade cut and then a director's cut, and it just was a waste. 
Yeah, that's, that's why, Islander. like, Halloween 6, you can you could polish a turd all you want, but nothing was going to fix that script. Nothing yeah. could. And, when, and, when the idea is that Michael fucked his own niece at the behest of this cult so that he they could have another baby, but his curse is to kill his bloodline. So why would he... Right, right. Why would he do that just right. to have another thing to kill? It doesn't make any... Whatever. That doesn't make sense that he would have a sex drive either. I got an aneurysm. I was going to say him fucking his own niece was was the least of the concerns of that movie. I mean, we would have understood if it was Danielle (laughs) Harris, but in six it was J.C. Brandy. I mean, who the fuck is that? No one now. And this was one that had Buster Rhymes in it, right? No, that was a resurrection. That's resurrection. Which should have been called erection because it sucks a big fat one. (laughs) He's not wrong. (laughs) Uh, H2O is the one with uh, LL Cool J. Oh. Yes, mm-hmm. who almost walks away with the movie in his pocket. He is so good in that movie. He's funny as hell. He's great in that movie. He's not a bad actor. No, no. I, I really like him. That he, was like, he made Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, that, yeah. that was like two movies within a year of each other that he's he plays a bit like supporting role in, and he's the best right, thing right. about the movies. I liked him in Toys with Robin Williams. Yeah, he was <laughs> in that too. But no, I love that his contract <laughs> for horror movies specifically says that if you're going to hire me, you can't kill my character. Like, nope, I am not dying in your fucking movie. That's very smart. He's like, I'm not going to be that <laughs> random black victim. The Black Knight always <laughs> triumphs. <laughs> Never <laughs> you. <laughs> that guy always dies it's first. Just a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bite your legs off. <laughs> Get back here, you pansy. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next? Resurrection. Uh, resurrection. Unfortunately, one of. The most like how did they how did they get Jamie Lee Curtis to come back? She she, li- she made them promise to kill her. Oh, that's right. She made them so promise. basically she was Han Solo because she yeah, read yeah. that fucking script and she's like, "There's no way I want to live through this." Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> well, no, she was out. She with went Sigourney Weaver with, on the script. Yeah, <laughs> water. Like, yeah, you gotta well, kill no, me she, at the no, end of she, this. She lived at the end of this. No, like, no, but she wanted to be out. With she water. wanted to be out. Yeah, that has one of the best. I mean, we mentioned Highlander just ironically, but that has like the best Highlander ending. Uh, oh I, yeah, I, I thought that that was so ballsy. It's like she cuts his fucking head off with an axe. It's a great ending to yeah. a movie that. I mean, otherwise they, they it, it wouldn't have been it memorable. There. It wouldn't have been memorable without that ending. They should have oh, dumped her been. into LL a cool vat man. of lava at the end. And a little baby Michael Myers should have burst out of her chest, and she could have huggled it. That would have been they, better than Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> that she would have, have dropped her in a vat of Axis chemicals, and she turns into the Joker. Oh, yeah. There we yeah. go. Oh, that would have been, Actually, Jamie Lee Curtis would make a good Joker. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the first female Joker. Joaquin actually, Phoenix I could see that. is Jamie Lee Curtis as the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the 80s, I could see Jamie Lee Curtis as Catwoman. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Actually, in, in true I lies, still, I, I say still have, lies, she... I still have a crush on her. In, I've in had true... one since since the eighties. It's a, alive and well after watching the new. Even Halloween. if you didn't have a crush on Jamie Lee Curtis in the eighties, everyone had a crush on her after True Lies. Yeah, yeah, that dancing, that pole mm-hmm. dancing scene. Arnold Dance did not have sexy. to act in that scene. He just no. <laughs> he drops the recorder on the thing. Oh, dance sexy. Then sexy time now. Do it. You do it now. No. Go slower. Are we going to die? Yep. Boris <laughs> and Doris. They're going to shoot us in the head or they're going to torture us to death. Oh, they're going to leave us here to the bar. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but yep. they were all bad. bad. They were all bad guys. <laughs> Honey, next so, time, duck. I love that movie. 
When is that going to get a fucking Blu-ray release? Right? Someone, for the please, for the love of God, tell me. When the please. Abyss gets the Blu-ray first. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So, Jim Cameron, if you're listening. We just, want both of those movies. Please. With 4K transfers and beautiful. It makes no sense. It makes literally no sense those are not on Blu-ray. They, they've re-released Avatar Dude, already. Basic Instinct 2 is on Blu-ray. Right. Like, that's enough said right there. Mm-hmm. If well, we don't have those two movies, give me a fucking break. I know they said they were doing a wet gate scan of The Abyss, but however long that'll take. That I'd like could... to see a wet gate scan of Basic Instinct, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom. So... <laughs> Prom night does not suck, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Heather sucked on prom night. Hey, oh, I went there. You oh. did. She, I still love her. She knows I do. But anyway, erection. Or, what is it called? Resurrection. Resurrection. Erection. I think we covered it already. It's it, it, it's, it's a piece so of bad. Shit. Yeah, Busta Rhymes. <laughs> it's when Busta Rhymes is the star of your movie. When yeah, right. When it's like Jamie Lee Curtis and Buster Rhymes star in Halloween Resurrection, it's like and oh. that chick that they got the main character oh. watching her try to act is like watching somebody with no thumbs try to use <laughs> chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who she blew to get, get that role. Mental oh, image shit. in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> and when people ask me why I, I'm not a big fan of Halloween 2, I'm like, did you watch Halloween Resurrection? Same director, motherfucker. Oh, is it? Yes. No, that doesn't. Like, oh, he's oh, come yeah, back. It's going to be yeah. great. No, yeah. it's a piece of shit, just like the last time. Yeah, like, didn't you learn your lesson? You're but a lot more of pe- money at a this lot guy? of people really like 2. A lot of people really like 2. They, a lot of people think that the, the adding depth, to Michael Myers makes him cool. I'm not going to lie. Every time I, I watch the first one, I always watch two. Even if I'm not yeah, the biggest fan, I still watch it. Just because it's continuation well, of they, the same story and then you get the end. They it's, fit mm. together really well. They're yeah, puzzle they pieces. They work together, but... That doesn't mean that the second it doesn't half mean doesn't a, blow. Yeah. For uh, the television cut of the first Halloween, didn't they use scenes from Halloween 2? Oh, no, they didn't it? use scenes from Halloween 2, but Carpenter actually took the crew from Halloween 2 yeah, um, on to, off to days shoot. to go and shoot new scenes mm-hmm. for the, the TV cut. Mm-hmm. Um, like they had the, uh, the the interior of the Smith's Grove room where Michael was supposed to be during the uh, the infamous flashback yeah. where Laurie yeah. you know, magically remembers having met Michael before. And they redressed that and wrote Sister on the Wall in Blood and shit like that. for. Wow. How creative. Whoa. <laughs> okay, Whoa. so what's after Resurrection then? Rob Zombie. Oh, fuck my life. Do we really even need to fucking talk <laughs> yes, about these we are. Yes, We're going to boil down one yes, of the greatest killers of, of the big screen of all time. It's crazy. We're actually going to cover like redneck like problems. 10 or 11 movies. <laughs> We're actually going to like fit it in tonight. Hey, you, know, nice. you know what? I'm an expert at fitting I, it in. What can I, I say? I, <laughs> I, I am the outlier on this one. I adore the first Rob Zombie Halloween. I love it. Because I am of the mind that killers like Hannibal Lecter are a hell of a lot scarier than killers like Michael Meyer. Where I'm not following you on that one. I'm not either. But where there's continue. an animus, where there is a motivation, where they have a past, they have a life, they have a background, they are a fully fleshed out character, is more interesting to me than the... Wolf, old school Wolverine. I have no past. I'm just good at what I do. Bullshit. 
And that's all Mike Myers was. That would be fine if the motivations that we got actually were more than just white trash redneck problems. Mm-hmm. But it was and that's essentially that. the only characters that Rob Zombie knows how to write, so I figured that's what we were going to get. But it was more than that if you actually paid attention. I did. I've seen the movie like six times. Me too. But <laughs> they make it very clear to say that it wasn't just the abuse, that it wasn't just that stuff, that he it was, was a white horse. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That was in two, right? <laughs> yes. That, See, no matter yeah, how see, many times the you second read. One, the second one, I fucking hate. There's, the first one I liked. See, when I saw the first Rob Zombie Halloween, when wow, it first came out. Lights of West Virginia. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. But, like, I kind of <laughs> liked the first one he did. Mm-hmm. And I guess I kind of liked a little bit of the backstory. I thought it was okay, other than... Sherry Moon, because she drives me up a fucking wall. But she blows um, her own head off. What's not yeah. to like about well, that? Right. Yeah, that's true. Her and, acting really kind of kills what should be a phenomenal moment. Because, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you about certain aspects of that movie, because there are moments of true greatness in Rob Zombie's Halloween. When he just nonchalantly decides, you know what? I'm going to murder my whole fucking family, and it's going to be awesome. And he does it wordlessly doesn't say a thing yeah and he just goes through the house you see him tie up his dad go after his sister pull the mask on all of that stuff is phenomenal and then you immediately follow it up with sherry moon zombie acting like a hysterical lunatic outside and it completely undercuts all of the tension and build up that that was established before that it's just gone yeah i liked some of the stuff that zombie recreated in the first one like a lot of like the tone was there some of the cinematic stuff was squeezed into the remake, mm-hmm. but it was all that extra shit that I kind of didn't fall in love with. But it was really part two that ruined part one. Part one for me, and I think that that's I think that I think that's the syndrome that, that a sense. lot of people have. I thought for me, I I saw it in the theater. I thought it was really a fucking solid Halloween movie, and then two came out and pissed all over the first one. The second one tends to uh, piss off anybody who who have you know defended the first one. That's that's what I've discovered. Yeah, it's a Rob Zombie movie. So essentially, if you're a big fan of the Devil's Rejects and you found something to like about the Lords of Salem and even his animated film uh, like uh, you know Haunted World of El Superbisto, you're probably going to find some <clears throat> things to like in Halloween too. But with that being said, like the Mr. theatrical Weird cut Al. is a lot better than the director's cut. That's the only thing available apparently on Blu-ray. Well, that's true yeah. of both of them. The first and the second one. Like the first one, you know, he doesn't just get out. There has to be a scene where the orderlies rape one of the mental patients. Completely useless. And that's how Michael escapes. Like, really? Yeah. You need to let us know that you're a Rob Zombie film, that you got to stick rape scenes in your yeah. movie just because? I would rather have the Bill Mosley and Liz- Leslie Easterbrook cameos that we got from the theatrical version where they, you know, he just randomly decides, you know, bink, bink, and I'm going to kill some security guards. Well, I, he out. cut those out? He of, cut the he cut that out completely of his director's version. I think part of the problem is when you start to do stuff like that, Rob Zombie rape scenes, shit like that, like now you're taking what was a standard horror trope of a slasher, and now you're turning like Carpenter's vision and other people's vision into like exploitation. 
mm-hmm. which is what zombie does for the most part. And I think that is the really probably the crux of the problem. With it, it, that's if you don't like exploitation films. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I do, but I don't need my exploitation moved into the world of Halloween. Yeah, like there's a time and place for it for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, yeah. But with that being said, I, 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 ha- I have no holy, no sacred cows. Right, right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. You know, I, I'm all for it when it works, when it fits. I thought it was jammed in and worked against the movie. It took that me out part, of the movie. That part did ruin it. But like some of the scenes in the Insane Asylum, I thought were amazing. All of the Danny Trejo scenes. Danny Trejo is when Danny Trejo, Danny Trejo is is like the heart of your film. I, I guess the the world is ending. Ken Faree is in it too. Isn't <laughs> yeah, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. I love Joe Grizzly. <laughs> There's no justice for Joe Grizzly. <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, like we got to spend the whole movie with the uh, the the family, the the fuckity fuck fucks. I will give Halloween to this at least through and through it's a Rob Zombie film. The first film, the first half of it feels like a Rob Zombie film. The second half, he's just imitating Carpenter. I felt I'll give you that one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, in the first one. Right. In the first yeah. the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's a it feels like two movies kind of stuck together. Right. Well, and then the second one that he did, I mean, it's like total psychedelia like towards the end with the white horse and mommy coming back in all the tripped out visuals and shit that I will give it, I love the visuals in Halloween too. I mean Brandon Trost was the, his DP. Oh, that's right. On Halloween too and when it goes trippy, even when the trippy stuff doesn't work, it looks really cool. It's, it's a very <laughs> nice movie to look at when, mm-hmm. when uh, Brandon Trost <laughs> is actually allowed to go out there and do what he does. All right, I think we're on to uh, the true sequel to Halloween. The one that Which I love. I, I do. I've, I've seen it twice now. I absolutely love this movie. I want to see it a lot more. I have the soundtrack on my phone. I've listened to it while I edit. I would listen to it on the way over here just to get in the mood because... I want to know what Andrew thought on this. Let's give him the floor for a second. Yeah. Because I've not really heard your thoughts at all on oh, this of, movie. Oh, the new Halloween? Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was the best possible sequel that you could have made compared to, compared to the other films. It uh, was the most satisfying... It uh, it was in the spirit of the original, but it built on it. There was one weak link in it, which I think everyone here agrees on, which was the the doctor putting the mask on. That I thought, okay, I, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to get Michael to you know Laurie somehow, but it uh, it felt like a major contrivance. But otherwise, I have no complaints. I I thought it was great. I thought that part with the doctor, I was like, oh no, they're really doing this. Like I thought, mm-hmm. okay, spoilers, people. If you're listening, if you're watching, whatever. We're there's spoiler be spoilers free movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. but <laughs> podcasts are kind of fall outside of that most of the time. With the doctor, like I thought, oh shit, he really killed Michael. Now he's going to try to become the killer. Thank that's God, where that didn't I. Happen. <laughs> that's where I thought they were going with it. When he puts the mask on and shit, I'm like, oh no, really, we're doing this shit again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I I still think that was the biggest miscue in the mm-hmm. entire movie. Other than that, it was, it was. What helped it is that it was over quick, mm-hmm. and and, and then everything they, got right back on track. I think they might have done that as just a little, like nod to the f- fucked up directions that all the other ones went, uh, or at, just at the end of four when mm-hmm. Jamie puts on the clown mask and stabs her stepmother to death. 
Mm-hmm. And what the fuck was up with him being fake Dr. Loomis? I'm like, you could, you didn't have Loomis in here. We didn't need to have, and you said this when we were, when we were having that outside yeah. little discussion. Yeah. We didn't need to have a Loomis character here. No. We, we didn't. didn't. We could have completely skipped over the whole Dr. thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it would have been fine with just the sheriff who shot him the first time. Yeah. Dr. Loomis's yeah. fucking understudy was not needed. He did serve a purpose, I, I guess, in the overarching idea he, he, of the story, because the, there was a theme here of people trying to understand Michael, which really is a critique of all of the other sequels. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and that's it. So when you roll that character in with that mindset, it becomes kind of a meta critique of everything that came before. It was like, oh, well, we got to figure out this. We got to flesh out this part of his backstory. We need to understand Michael. No, you don't. No, it's, it's creepier when you don't. Um, one of the negative. Uh comments that I've been hearing a few people say and they're not totally wrong I just don't really mind it is that they sort of turned uh, Laurie into Sarah Connor in this new film I'm fine with that but what's wrong I'm fine with it too but you know the way she's she's dressed the way she uh, goes through all the preparation oh she doesn't have like the she doesn't have like the black tank top on you know and it's not like it's not like she might have PTSD she still has a tank top on though yeah, she does. She does. Yeah, but now if you know, mm. I didn't even Thankfully. like. Actually, I never even thought of that comparison, and now I'm like, "Holy shit, damn!" It's a little accurate. It would have been it nice is. to have another scene, you know, where she's just you know in her bedroom and her bed's on its side, and she's doing fucking pull-ups on it. Yeah. It doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the film. This is something I noticed. I, well, that yeah. I don't think it's a negative. Like, yeah. I mean, I think it's it. They're they're bringing up the comparison just because that's the only thing that they can think of that's another strong woman in a movie. Mm-hmm. That is ready to go to war, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it, it's and also going to rescue her kid. Yeah, yeah. And think about this too. We've seen another director's take on this sort of PTSD, Laurie Strode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll take this one ten times out of ten. This because, one makes more sense. Yeah, how she was in twenty years later it was essentially just a reason for Can we just call it jump water? scares and false flags, and then. All of a sudden, at the end, she becomes a badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of a sudden, she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to kill yeah. you. I did think Jamie Lee Curtis was fantastic in the part. Oh, she really yeah. acted the hell out of it. If she doesn't get an Oscar nomination, I'll be very surprised. I doubt she will, but... Just because it's I, a horror film. Yeah, because yeah, it's a yeah. horror film, they'll shut her out. But, yeah, I mean, very, well, they might very... Not. I mean, Sigourney Weaver got nominated for Aliens. That's true. Yeah. Let, but we live in different times now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Last year, Jordan Peele. That's true, too. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Also a Blumhouse production. So. You know, like, I'm getting, like, very, like, mixed reactions from everybody online. Mm-hmm. Like, this yeah, isn't so one of those, like... Michelle hated it. Yeah, Michelle did not like it. It's It's really weird. This isn't, like... Justice League, where most people are like, I hate that movie. Even like, even though me and you both kind of like the we movie, both, we both can see some upsides to it. Yeah, but most people will say like, I hated that movie. Yeah, like and this, it's, it's really like visceral hatred for it for the Justice League. Like for this, it's really weird. It's like the fanboys, I think for the most part, are like, holy shit, they checked all all the boxes yeah 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 and the people and i'm not saying michelle's a casual fan of the halloween series i don't know where she stands on it but the people that i think are a little bit more casual about halloween or really liked the and i and i know she hates the rob zombie ones or the ones that love (laughs) the rob zombie ones 
are the ones saying this fucking sucks because I think it was people like me that dug the animus. And the only reason why I think that the Rob Zombie ones hit well for me was because I had just gone through how many sequels with terrible movies. And then this one was a nice refresh. The Rob Zombie one was a nice refreshing change. I'll give you that. Because you can't say Rob Zombie ruined the franchise when the movie right before that had... Buster Rhymes in a Michael exactly. Myers mask doing kung fu noises and saying trick or treat motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and this one the fact that it erases all of that horribleness that makes me happy. Get, <laughs> made my heart sing. Like we like if if some of you didn't see us on the live cast we did right after the the screening that Chris and he and I went to, it was, we were all just overjoyed, excited. Like it was the, the, the sense of like, holy shit, something we love is back. I was excited just watching you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, it it, honestly, it felt like a rebirth for the, for the series. Like if they want to keep going with it, they can, Mm -hmm. if they don't, they don't have to. We know they are because yeah. they already because how much it's money this money. made. Well, <laughs> no, they, they, they had actually money. already contracted for two or three more before we even went to the press screening. So um, they had faith in it, and they it, knew they it, knew it's well placed. It's got a, a built-in audience that will go to see it. It's got a built-in audience, and I think Blum watched it and went, "Yeah, this is going to work. We got it right. We did it." And they the reshoots in this particular one actually really helped it because if you if you watch the uh, the early trailers, the mm. original ending for the new Halloween involved, uh, I guess, a, a knife confrontation between Laurie and Michael on the front lawn of her property yeah, while she's I trying to defend her, her granddaughter. He, uh, they she stabs him t- and then she takes a knife to the chest. Her daughter shoots him with a crossbow. He stumbles away and dies amongst the mannequins in the backyard. Yeah. And that that could have been visually interesting because you have essentially an expressionless, lifeless entity dying amongst other expressionless, lifeless entities. Symbolically, that works. But it doesn't bring Laurie's character arc full circle with the use of that Ba- See, basement trap with the mannequins yeah. though like i'm when you mentioned that i'm instantly taken back to the remake of maniac mm-hmm. that had all the mannequins in it yeah like that could have been very like spectacular visually mm-hmm. especially if he died amongst the mannequins then same kind of thing with the fire in the basement yeah. you don't really know if he's dead or not he yeah. just kind of falls into the fire yeah but he falls in with the mannequins like what better way for him to but even then you, hide you, and survive? You, you know? would actually, but he already did that once in the movie. I think that's one okay. of the reasons why they decided to go ahead and reshoot yeah, that. Earlier, because earlier he already hid upstairs, behind yeah. a mannequin. Okay, so okay, you gotcha. kind of already or have that, that, that thematic. Oh, that's right. There. I forgot about that part. Yeah, yeah, that was such a great sequence too. And I love that they felt free to shoot a lot of that just flat out in the dark. You have Laurie's flashlight, and that's it. Yeah, you can't really see anything else on the screen, so it, no, it, you get to see what she sees, and that's mm-hmm. it. It's very, it feels yeah. more threatening that way when it doesn't look like it's lit so Hollywood. Yeah, the whole movie felt like a return 
to everything that made their Carpenter one great. Yeah, especially long takes. And I have to say that yeah. one long take where he's in, you know, walks in the house with the hammer, kills yes. the lady, picks up the knife, walks through the house, pauses at the crib, goes out the front door to the house next it's door, all in them. one fluid take. I think gorgeous. we may have a best new shot of the entire franchise with oh, that easily. moment. That is phenomenally easily. directed and shot. I that and the shots in the gas station. Yeah. I just remember a lady sitting behind us when he walked by the crib going, he shouldn't have killed the baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it like, made you actually think that he could because earlier in the yeah. film he killed a kid. It's like right. when he, when he well, pauses the, the, at the crib, everybody, you could hear everyone around us in the theater. We go, all sucked in air well, yeah. instantly. It was well, the it, first character to die as a child in yeah. the new Halloween. Yeah. yeah. When the, you know, the kid runs back to the, the truck. After yeah. Oh, that's right. that's right. That's right. Well, that's the first... Well, the first to die on, on camera. On right. screen death, yeah. Man, the, the death toll in this one was just... I, I yeah. think I counted 18. 18 character I, deaths. I actually went through and counted after seeing it the second time. I think it's just shy of that. I want to say it's 16. Is it? Yeah. Oh, and remember the doctor I thought there was four, de- there was four murders in the that gas was a station. Nice little, uh... Which is funny because it's a throwback. If it is exactly 16, then it's a throwback to the number of people he was supposed to have killed in one and two together. Because when they do that long exposition thing with the security guard at the beginning of part four, they said he killed 16 people, maybe more. So if it's a oh, death total right. of 16, good throwback. I like that. But yeah. yes, the head smashing scene mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the doctor. It was, like, it was like the head stomp and drive. Oh, that was, was only over a lot quicker. That yeah, was, that, that was so. His head exploded like Alpo dog food. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it was just like smash, smash. I'm like, oh my god, no way. <laughs> like, wow, am I watching American History X? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> God, put your mouth on the curb. Imagine You're American welcome. History X directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. Oh God, that would have been that would have been uh, an uncompromising movie. It would have been closer Ooh. to what Tony Kaye envisioned. Yeah, before Edward Norton started meddling. Can you imagine before Edward Norton, Edward Norton, the Refn yeah. lighting in American History X, mm. <laughs> and the soundtrack would have been fucking the bomb. Oh dude. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the neon demon version of yes yeah Jesus. i may have to go masturbate now <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> neon purple lit uh uh skinhead nazi gathering <laughs> with uh cliff martinez doing the black, soundtrack black and white fuck hell that yeah we're gonna just pump this thing full of color Oh, God, go full Mandy on American History X. Ryan Gosling <laughs> in the Edward Norton role. Yeah. <laughs> or no, put Nick Cage in the uh, <laughs> Edward Norton role. Uh-huh. No. Mark the carb! <laughs> standing at the door! Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder where they can go with Halloween now. I have a thought. Honestly, anywhere they want now. I, 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 the balls I do in their have court. a thought. Simply because of the doctor putting on the mask and then the final shot of the movie being the granddaughter holding the knife. I'm wondering if they're going to take it into the direction that Halloween 4 kind of hinted at. That they wanted to go with Halloween 4? Yeah, where you have people who... Because in the movie, the doctor, you know, whatever purpose he does serve aside from being a plot device toward the end, he does talk about how the effects that victimizers have on victims and back and forth and how people can choose different paths. They can either become survivors or they can choose to become perpetual victims. And then you have people who completely switch and become victimizers themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And then, that, so to see like her that, holding that, that be, it could go there, maybe. That seems like that would be a interesting way to go. Or it might have just been a nod to four. There's that yeah, one shot in uh, uh, at the end of the new Halloween where we basically get a reverse version of the overhead shot looking down at Michael on the oh, ground. I love that moment. Instead, we get mm-hmm. Lori and Michael goes to look back. Where'd she go? Yeah, the the oh, screening that we were that. at, everybody applauded for that. We all, yeah. all of us went crazy when she looked over the, the edge of the balcony and Michael in, or Michael looked over the edge of the balcony and she's gone. Yeah. Oh. Everyone went crazy for that. Oh. Yeah. It was a clever play to, you know, make the hunted the hunter this time around. Mm-hmm. And at the end too, um, you know, just like in the original when, She's standing, you know, after finding her friends dead, and then in a completely darkened doorway, all of a sudden he appears as if your eyes are adjusting to the dark. And then Michael she gets doesn't. shot in the face, he falls out of frame, and then in a completely dark door, all of a sudden there's Jamie Lee Curtis, and she's like, Happy Halloween, Michael, and just starts stabbing the shit out of him. I, God, I love this the, movie. The, the, the fucking <laughs> nods in this movie, visually, thematically, set pieces, like, they hit every home run they could hit yep. i think like this is the perfect sequel to the original halloween and it's and the it's perfect scarier. sequel for people who found things that they liked about the other sequels even if they weren't yeah. fans because mm-hmm. it touches on all of them in some it, aspect it, or it, another it really gives them their their credit even the uh, the bumbling cops in 5 kind of have a little little cameo thing and and i love that moment too when they're just bickering with each other about what they packed for their lunch. Yeah. I, oh, that was wonderful. That That's one of those moments when you know Danny McBride had a hand writing this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the director so of Pineapple to, Express. Of it's course. so weird to me that Danny McBride had anything to do with this. He's mm-hmm. kind of like expanding on what he does, though. It, you know, he he's is. like really like when he showed up in Alien Covenant, it was like, what? Why is he in this? But yeah. he was one of the better parts and of that yeah. movie. Really he was good like in it. one yeah. of the actual characters that you could identify with, and everyone yeah. else was. I think he was the only good part of Covenant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I finally was... watched that movie a few months ago with with Andy, and I was like, "What? How, what do, you, how do you just... fuck up your own universe, dude? Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh. How do you drain all the horror out of it? I, I'm. Like it's not. It wasn't scary anymore. At yeah. That point. No, it wasn't scary. It was very scientific. Yeah, and apparently now aliens Sterile. only take like 15 yeah. minutes to incubate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> they were proto You're xenomorphs. Proto. I like <laughs> the neomorphs. I did like those, but when they finally get to how the xenomorphs came to be, and then we finally see one, and we get the, you know, the blow it out the airlock yeah. final <laughs> showdown, just, uh, just so tired and Blow it out boring. my airlock. <laughs> Dude, Fastbender was awesome though. I will. I will. Fastbender is good in everything. I'll do the fingering. I'll do the hey, fingering. Get, get away from me with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you if you walk up to me and ask me to smell your finger, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. You want to smell it? <laughs> yeah. So they did say they're working on a sequel. The thing I'm scared of is when they said they're going to make the sequel. What's that? Two sequels. Two sequels. They've assigned totally different writers to these than mm. worked on this one. Mm. And they, that kind of scares me. Yeah. What I'm I'm hoping for is that it's something like what 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 he's saying. That we it would be very easy for them to go with a different my different killer. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Have have the, the niece be the killer now. Mm-hmm. Or grand niece. Yeah, no, she's the granddaughter. 
granddaughter. Yeah. Should be the it would niece. be nice to see them actually follow through on some she's of the, the ideas of Michael Myers. That, yeah, people agreed with What's that? She's the grandniece of Michael Myers. No, she's Myers. not. They're not brother and sister in this one. What if oh, they made a right. Halloween you're movie right. starring Mike Myers? <laughs> My, starring Michael Myers as Michael Myers. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah, Mike, Michael Myers walking after his, his uh, you know, the Lori's granddaughter. Get back here! I'm firing the food chain! Get in my belly! <laughs> Welcome to my underground lair. <laughs> Strangling this chick. Like Do I'm... I make you horny, baby? <laughs> Do I make you right? Who does number two work for? <laughs> and he spots, uh, she spots Michael in the hallway, and he says to her, well, don't look at me like I'm freaking Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. I, I... Well, actually, though, they could have Michael Myers in, uh, what's the bad guy's name in Austin Powers? Uh, Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil. Yeah. Dr. Evil. He <laughs> kind of looks like father. Loomis. <laughs> he kind of looks it, like well, Loomis. Well, he's based off the Donald Pleasant's yeah, version yeah, of yeah. of Blofeld from. Yeah, we've Bond. got some crazy ideas here. We do. We uh, should write this sequel. Throw me a freaking. Bone I don't know here. why they did. I mean, I as much as I love it, Freddy vs. Jason. You've got you know the very talky, jokey villain against the silent killer. What if you had silent killer Michael Myers against Jason Voorhees? They yeah. would just be staring at each other and that deciding. That would be the most just boring. Head tilting back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that movie would be boring. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you need, you know, scenery chewing teenagers, I guess, to tie everything all together yeah. like they had. And, and carpet chewing. I, I do love the stoner dude who, who's obviously a not adjacent muse in Freddy vs. Jason. Like, yeah. Dude, yeah. that goalie was pissed about something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would think that Jason and Michael Myers would kind of like be on the same side. They'd probably mm-hmm. fight I, they probably wouldn't want to fight each other. They'd yeah. be like, yeah, you know. And they they should out. they should do uh, Pinhead versus Pinhead and Freddy versus Michael Myers and Jason. All out bloodbath. And I, then, wasn't uh, that how originally Ash it was going to end? Sort them all out. Yeah. Wasn't Freddy versus Jason supposed to end with both of them going to hell and then and Pinhead, Pinhead showing up and yeah. saying, "Gentlemen, what seems to be the problem?" I yes. think so. Yeah, I don't that know. Was the original intention. Well, he does pull Jason into hell, and the Jason goes to hell unrated cut, doesn't he? Yeah, that was the whole hinting, and then it still took them how long? 14, mm-hmm. like 11, 13 years to get, get it all together? Whatever. And now they're finally going back to hall, to Friday the 13th. We're going to finally get our hall, Friday the 13th part 13. As long as LeBron James gets his way, we will be having a Friday that the 13th. That blew my mind. I was like, LeBron James option this? Yeah. Holy cow. But, have, have okay, guys- the thing is, with LeBron James, he is, like, literally the biggest Friday the 13th fan on the face of the planet. Like, yeah. he has, like, a massive collection. He's like, knows these movies in and out. And, you know, his company optioned Space Jam 2. So they're developing that. And, and Friday the 13th. And now the next thing that they want to move on to is rebooting Friday the 13th. Okay, again. LeBron James, if you're listening, bring back Kane Hodder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he wasn't in Freddy vs. Jason, He's was he? He's a little no. old. No, and he was very mad but about But he's still that. doing Victor mm. Crowley movies. He True. can easily do this still. True. True. There's a documentary. We're, like, way off of Halloween now, but whatever. Um, <laughs> there's a documentary on Kane Hodder mm. that I watched a few months ago. You guys have got to see the movie. Like, that dude is amazing. He is really cool. Like, the shit that he went through, like, being a burn victim and then becoming, yep. like, this legendary stunt person and doing the Friday the 13th movies, mm. very, very upset to this very day about 
Freddy versus Jason, that they did not give him that role. I don't blame him. He was yeah. one of the, the people who campaigned shamelessly to get that movie made. And then they didn't give it And then they just yeah. cast him aside. Mm-hmm. Well, it was um, pretty interesting. Like, he talks a lot about in the documentary how he's the one that kind of humanized Jason. He was the first one that made Jason kind of breathe. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, the big chest movements and shit. Yeah. When you that think well, when of, you have a big chest, it's easy to do big chest yeah, movements. Yeah. When you think of the mannerisms of Jason, though, that's what you think of. Oh, yeah. You think of the, the breathing, Hunter. the hulking mask, the guy who turns his head before he walks a direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, everything yeah. that we have come to know and identify about Jason, <clears throat> aside from just a hockey mask, is Kane Machete. <laughs> Not um, even, yeah. I, so I don't know why we're so why why all of us have the machete in our minds for for Jason either. He kills with pretty much anything. Yeah, he only uses machete like five times. Oh, mm-hmm. and the first iconic kill that he made in the hockey mask was a uh, a spear gun, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, I yeah. think it's because a lot of the promotional images of Jason have him holding a machete in his because right hand because machetes mm-hmm. look yeah. scary. Yeah. But All as long right. as we're talking about the men behind the mask, we needed to give a big shout-out to uh, the, the new Michael Myers. Nick Castle, the guy who did play the shape in the original film, was in it. But apparently, and I had this incorrect when I wrote my review, he was only in it for one shot. Okay. Uh, and then he passed the torch to an actor named Jude Michael Courtney, who yeah. did phenomenal. Yeah. He, he walks and acts like Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original guy was just in the prison scene yes. when you kind of see his face, and the, but you uh, don't really see his face. The first mm-hmm. time Laurie sees him reflected in the mirror and then she shoots through the, the second floor window, that's also Nick Castle. Okay. Yeah. That's wow. awesome. And our, our, as, a, as one final side note, are you, any of you guys watching the Eli Roth history of horror? I didn't even I, know this was the I thing. missed it. I it didn't it's time. still going. It's it's on AMC. It's, I don't have cable, so that would explain it's that. It's yeah. really, really solid. Like, they're doing some deep dives and a lot of interesting creatives on there. I mean, yeah, some of the shit I completely disagree with. Like, they're saying that paranormal activity is the new epoch of modern possession movies. Mm. Hell no. Mm. And I was like... Are, <laughs> We're all like, mm, fuck that. And yeah. I'm like, are you fucking kidding yeah. me? There's like, a case yeah. to be made for them being... For the first two being really great examples of found footage horror. But... If I for possession movies, my problem is, is that I fucking hate fan, found footage. Anything, I don't care what it, what your subject matter is. Found footage movies piss me the fuck off. <laughs> See, me and Andrew love them. Yeah, like, I, like, Blake, I like Blair them Witch. Too. Blake loves them. Too. Blair Witch. I fucking fell asleep three times going to the theater to see that movie. You didn't do enough blow first. What the fuck? Dude, I did more blow than <laughs> most of San Francisco in the early in the early 2000s. That's a tall order, my friend. It, <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and, no, that fucking movie bored the living shit out of me. There was nothing scary about it. There I love it. Nothing scary about Paranormal Activity. Nothing scary about any of them. I'm like... Really? And that's, that's you, my friend. But that's what makes ho- that's <laughs> what makes film great, and specifically the horror genre. Like, I, I think horror and mm-hmm. comedy more than any other two genres, the Are most subjective. subjective. Yeah, mm-hmm. the absolutely. most. Absolutely, certain things scare certain people. Found footage, I don't. I just don't buy it. Like, there's a lot of found footage movies. Fit in for you. Yeah, hmm? yeah Cannibal Holocaust is. Oh. It's kind of a hybrid, though. Cannibal yeah. Holocaust, I thought was boring as shit too. Yeah, see, I love that movie. Love it. 
Yeah. I think one of the reasons why found footage has such a bad rap is because most found footage movies break the cardinal rule, and that is there always has to be a reason for that camera to be running. Right. For someone to actually pick that up mm-hmm. and point it at something. Very, very few, I've noticed, have a reason. Chronicle was the one that I thought did it best. Chronicle's pretty damn great. Yeah. <laughs> because the way they... They he there's a reason for the camera to be there. I know, but the minute that I see found yeah. footage in in the description of a movie, I'm like, fuck that! I'm not watching. <laughs> Did you see Hardcore Henry? Yeah, that was a giant pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like I've got the Blu-ray. I have never. I watched it one time. That movie is oh. hard to get through for me. It I, so I enjoyed it. F- it I still haven't seen it. Going, going, going. My but, problem yeah. is, is first person shooters give me vertigo. So um, I, I freaking love first-person shooters. I me too. I, I could play them to death. I fucking hate them with a bright white fiery passion. Oh man, Doom is fucking great. Doom is a giant. That's okay. you. That, All is, right. that is just you. That's yeah. you. Okay, I, I will say this though. Great example of a found footage movie. It's, it's a short in the middle of VHS two. Gareth Hugh Evans's Safe Haven. Oh man, that movie is like a fucking atom bomb in the middle of that flick, and yeah. it, everything that comes after it feels like absolute shit by comparison. Yeah. Actually, that's probably the best found footage uh, short that I've ever seen. Like, I, I would agree with out you. of every single one that I've seen uh, from the director of the Raid movies and uh, oh. L is for libido. You haven't watched the Raid movies yet, have you? You got to get on that. Yeah, get get. I think they're on Netflix. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. This was episode one hundred and one. I think we'll be back next week. I have no idea what we're doing, but after five (laughs) weeks, I am totally ready to be done done with with horror. horror. Oh my god! (laughs) At least a week off. Thirty-one days of hell. Yeah, you might oh, just you have go. to watch me next week. I might just talk to the camera, like, about Star Wars or something. I don't know. But next week, uh, no more horror. I'm just going to point the camera at you and watch you watch Pornhub. Dude, <laughs> that might be it. I mean, that's go. it. Make All a video right. with Mocha. What's that? Make a video with Mocha. Oh, yeah. It's the real crime live stream with Mocha. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we covering oh, the Muppet movies this yeah. week? <laughs> next week will be Chris with Jordan Belfort doing Blow. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.